You're listening to the Gate Charlotte Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Feel led to pray, so I'm going to pray right now and and uh, kind of get off on a little bit of a heavy note, and then we're going to take off. So if you guys wouldn't mind just joining with me in prayer for a moment, <laughs> Father, our, our lives are are in your hands every day. We we are sustained by that very breath of life that Jordan spoke of just a few minutes ago. We, we have yielded ourselves to you, and all that is ours is yours. Your son Jesus, everything that he gave, we receive. His forgiveness, his atonement, all of it. And so, Father, I ask in this time that the one, your son, who who gave this, I I pray that you would reveal him. Remember the single-eye vision that he had focused always upon you. And I, I pray in this time that you would reveal yourself and your son so well that our eyes, all of ours, would, would return single-focused upon you. Father, you are real and you're here. And you are a Father. You are God Almighty. All power, all glory, all might, all is yours. And so we can be children at peace because the ground underneath our feet is firm. And so level the ground now, Father, I pray for all of us. Let not I who speak be the one who speaks, but let your spirit now speak in the name of Jesus. Amen. I, uh, I want to call out Jim. Uh, Jim, would you mind standing up? Uh, Jim Young, uh, he's here as a guest today, and he's, uh, he's been a friend of mine and my family's for several years. He and I went to China together. He and I went to uh, Lebanon together to Beirut. There's a word over you that I just want to give. I uh, asked that the Lord wanted to give it in private, and he said, uh, in front of everybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jim helps out, um, you, know, uh, all, you know, a lot over the world. He especially uh, helps provide provision for uh, uh, some churches in, in China. And, uh, you know, the word that I have for you, Jim, is that in, in the days ahead, and, and this probably isn't new, but it needs to be spoken. In, in the days ahead, there's going to be a, a, a darkness that's going to blind the vision that your leadership has over the church in China to some degree. And I, There's going to be a great sorrow that's going to come upon your team when it happens. <clears throat> okay, Do not be uh, discouraged and do not be afraid when that happens. The work that you and your team has done to sow into the church in China will blow that church up. It's going to spread and it's going to spread like wildfire. 
Uh, it cannot be cut off, and though it, be, though it will be cut off from y'all's knowledge for a time, uh, in that time, the church is going to spread to cities that you have no idea about. And so do not be afraid, only have faith uh, that what you cannot see, the Lord is multiplying behind uh, the scenes. There will be a time where you will be able to see again, and you'll be amazed at the work the Lord has done in that time. There's a fire that's going forth right now through the whole country of China that's going to burn it up from the inside out, and it's the fire of the Lord, and it's his kingdom that's going forth in that place. And so uh, there's a call right now in your life and your leadership's life to worship, Um, because in worship, you will be connected to your people in China, regardless of what you can see, because there is a time of darkness that's coming you will not be able to see. Um, when that time comes for you to see again, again, the Lord will reveal that it's been a great work behind the scenes. But center yourselves in worship during that time. Uh, for all of us who are hearing this, if you have a call in your life to pray uh, for China, pray. If you have a call in your life to give to China, give. Now is the time. Uh, there's a window that we have now between now and, and sometime in the future. And, and for a time that will be closed before we can give again and to, to see the work of the Lord in that place. And so now's the time. Uh, if you guys wouldn't mind, lay your hands or extend your hand on Jim. Uh, and for everyone else who's here, we're just going to pray. Uh, Father, sometimes these words are too weighty to bear. Sometimes the reality of life sometimes is, is too weighty to bear. And, and I thank you, God, that we don't have to. And so, Jesus, the, the sorrow that I feel in my heart, anticipating what would seem as a time like loss, I ask that even now you would place upon the shoulders of Jesus that he would bear that. And I pray that you would keep Jim and his team in a place of lightness and a place of continual worship upon you. I pray that the church that is underground that they support uh, throughout these, these months and years ahead uh, would go forth and multiply that when it seems like the head is cut off, that they will nonetheless spread like seeds across the wind and go to all the soil that is out there ready to hear the word that is in Jesus for that land out there. And it will spread like wildfire. Father, I ask that you would give vision to Jim and his team. I ask that you would uh, surround them with worship and worshiping angels continuously, Lord. I know this man to be a man of faith. I know that's where he will be. Father, I pray for the the leaders there in the, the uh, church in, in China, and I pray, pray that you would raise up apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists and pastors, and that you would go forth in that land like we're saying, like you already have been doing for generations, and that you would light that whole country on fire for Jesus. Father, I thank you that, that the gates of hell cannot stand against the testimony of Jesus Christ. And so we go forth from victory to victory, and we will see that country come to know Jesus. Father, I thank you for these things, Lord. Amen. Thank you, brother. And thank you guys for being willing to go there for a moment. We, we live uh, in a world where uh, Jesus is king. We live in a, a world where he speaks to us. We live in a, a world where, um, as followers, he is our head. And, and none, of us, none of us are without a shepherd. And so uh, it's, it's our privilege and our all, you know, responsibility also to listen to what he says and to go where he says go and to be encouraged how he says be encouraged. And so I leave that before you. That's, that's the table of fellowship that we always have with Jesus. Uh, it's constantly open. Um, it's constantly available for all who would want to have a part of it. And, uh, and that's really, really good news. 
uh, that reminds me a little bit of the table of fellowship that my family enjoyed last night. Uh, my, my two eldest daughters, they, they prepared the meal for us. It was, it was amazing. Uh, there was uh, spaghetti with meatballs. Uh, if you guys know uh, me well enough, you know that my diet uh, these last years has been highly restrictive, so I can't eat like wheat and dairy and sugar and, and all the fun things, you know, no potatoes, no rice. I mean, it's, it's really narrow, and it, it's good. It's really good. <laughs> Just tell myself. So, but one of the things I can't have are like spaghetti and meatballs. So they made it in a way that I can have it. You know, it was you know gluten free, all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> and then they made uh, eclairs. You know, the, uh, the the French like you know wonderful uh, pastry stuff and all that. But they they didn't know how to make that without those things. And so that was like pure sugar, pure eggs, pure milk, all that stuff. And I watched them eat those things. You know, <laughs> and so. I had, I had some fellowship at the table, and we were enjoying this together, and then I had to watch them and, and just sit there and let them enjoy the work of their hands, and it was an absolute delight and joy to watch that, and, and I didn't feel any ounce of sorrow or, or missing out at all. I, I felt encouraged the whole time, and it was wonderful, and <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I really wanted to have every single bit of what they had. <laughs> When I, when I was a kid, I used to make these big tubs of pudding. You know, maybe you guys don't like pudding. People think it's weird. I don't know. And I don't eat the whole thing by myself in one sitting. I, I, would, I would take Cool Whip, you know, not, not Cool Whip, but, but Cool Whip, if you guys know Stewie, and, and, and eat the, the entire tub <laughs> by myself. You know, and, and, and eclairs are apparently made from some kind of like pudding-like mix. And so I, I was at a, at a place of deep longing in my heart. And so... <laughs> So there was the blessing, and then there was the curse. It was, it was all together at that same table of fellowship. <laughs> so Jesus, uh, you know, we, uh, we always gather together, and, and we want to know more about Jesus all the time. Um, he's the Son of God, and, and it was his joy and his delight to share with us that same delight and joy and, and love that has always been in him and the Father and the Spirit from all time. Before there was any creation, the, the, the Father, Son, and Spirit were together in this perfect love-harmony dance. It was a beautiful symphony uh, of a mutual faces shining upon one another, nothing being hidden, and full love at all times being expressed. And they, they couldn't get enough of it, so they wanted to, to spread it around to, to creation, and, and so they made something of it. And that was the, the scene of delight in the garden, in that place of delight that was unbroken communion between man and God. Heaven and earth was one. And it has been the, the heart of God, the Father, and Jesus, the Son, ever since the breaking of that fellowship to have it fully restored. It was on Jesus' heart for you know, however many hundreds and thousands of years uh, after the fall. When he came back, there was the anticipation of eons worth of time of him waiting patiently for that restoration to happen. And uh, you know, we think that we're patient when we have to wait for eclairs or our body to be healed or whatever it might be. Think about God, you know, uh, not having his children to play with and hang out with in, in full communion for, for all those years. And then Jesus himself, he, he came to his own and, and his own knew him not. So this God of love, of innocence, of vulnerability, of wanting to establish that re-communion back again, he came to his own and, and they didn't even know who he was. And so, you know, imagining, you know, Waking up after, after some years maybe of being in a coma, this is just a, a worldly example, 
and, uh, and, and you being fully aware of all the love that you had for all those that you used to love, but, but then they didn't know that you were even alive, so they went on to, to live different lives, and they didn't even recognize you when, when you came back. Something like that would, would be the, the kind of feelings that he had inside of himself, this, this like, oh my God, this is painful, you know, to, to not have that communion. You know, there are times, you know, with kids or with my wife growing up uh, these last years where, you know, where we just miss each other where we want to share this fellowship of love, but there are just moments where you just miss each other. And you're like, oh, man, I wish I had that. Jesus had that compounded because he had perfect love. He had a universe worth of love crammed into his body. He had all the fullness of God dwelling in him and was not able to express it and was not able to have it received. And that, that's what he walked around carrying all the time. When we come to his last supper, it, uh, you know, it's a, we've been celebrating this Passover, you know, the, the last few weeks in his resurrection, this is when he was revealing his, his heart of hearts to his best friends, those that had walked with him for years, those that had gotten a chance to see his miracles, his raising of the dead, those that had gotten to see this kind man completely restore and flip on its head tr- proper religion, proper understanding of God, proper understanding of the temple, you know, proper fellowship with the Father. He, he was turning it all upside down, and, and it was blowing their minds it was shaking everything up. Things were getting tense and scary. At the same time, he was drawing closer and closer. At that time, we, we know from the, the scriptures the famous story of him washing the disciples' feet. And I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to park it there for a little bit. I'm going to go to another scripture. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to it. And whenever we are talking about Jesus, he is revealing true humanity. He's, he's full of God. He's also revealing true humanity. He's the second Adam. This is the, the new Adam coming now to reveal what humanity is really like. Apart from Jesus, we really don't know what a human being is. And so we, we can't look at the world and say, oh, look at humanity. We should be like that. That's not, that's not how you look at yourself or humanity. You look at Jesus. And when you see Jesus, you see who you are. And so as I read these times about Jesus, I'll, I'll be more explicit with it as we go on. But I also want you to reveal who you are. I want, I want you see, to see yourself as you really are. So before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave the world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. So just pause real quick. The only people who would do that in this culture were never the Jews. They were even Jewish servants would, would almost never do this. It was only a Gentile, a, a goy, you know, as they were called, uh, you know, one who was different from the Jews. Uh, their slaves, a Gentile slave, were the only ones that would clean the feet of anyone else. So Jesus not only is taking the form of a servant, he's taking the form of a Gentile slave in this case, one who was completely outside the community. He wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. Uh, and then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around him. In addition to that, uh, the, the outer robe that he had on 
uh, you know, to take it off was, was a sign, you know, obviously of, of great humility. Uh, it was a sign almost like of, of maybe discomfort and embarrassment. So I'm going to take it off. Uh, and so he would, he would come and uh, anyone that would do this, it was, it was showing the underclothes of the person that was there. And so Jesus, in doing that, I'm going to have to take this off for a second. And then he would enter into this place of, of humility where you know, people saw, his disciples saw him without the, the, the extra that was on top. And, uh, and then he would, I'm just kidding. He, he, <laughs> there's humility and there's debasement. We don't go there. <laughs> and so Jesus shows, uh, shows to his disciples uh, you know, that, that, that he was not going to carry any sense of pretense. He was going to live out his message that in order to be the greatest, you have to be the least. You have to be the servant of all. And that's one of the key things that we see in Jesus is that it's not simply his words that matter. It's his deeds. You cannot believe in Jesus without responding in action, just like Jesus did. And so that's a setup of this message because here Jesus was becoming to the point of a, of a servant uh, to the point of a slave, and he was fulfilling his words. And this was just the beginning of it. We all know what happened from the, the cross, that he was going to go all the way. And so Jesus then replied, you don't understand. Oh, so when Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. So Jesus is washing feet, but Peter didn't understand what he was doing. So Jesus is doing more than just washing feet. <laughs> that needs to be clear uh, because of what happens next. So that there's more that was going to happen in Jesus washing the feet. And Peter wasn't going to know what it was until sometime later. So Peter said, no, 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 no. You will never even wash, ever wash my feet. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. And that word belong means you won't have any inheritance with me. You're not going to be with me. You're not going to have any inheritance. What was his inheritance? All of heaven. So if you don't let Jesus wash you, he's saying, if you don't let me wash you, then you can't be with me where I'm going. You can't be with me in heaven. You can't be with me, period. That's explicitly what he's saying in this. You won't belong to me. And Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. I, I like that. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew that who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. And we know from John 15, 3, I'll read that for you really quickly. I am the true grapevine or the vine, and my father is the gardener. He, uh, he cuts off every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, and he prunes the branches that do not produce fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned, or the same word, you have already become clean and purified by the message I have given to you. And so the disciples were clean because of the words that Jesus spoke to them. So it wasn't just that they were washed because they took a bath, or their feet were clean. They were clean because of the words that Jesus spoke to them. And so there's more to this action of him serving his people than simply serving his people with water. Hold on to that for a second. 
And then it also says, for Jesus knew who would betray him. So all of you, um, and you disciples are clean, but not all of you. All right, so Jesus is washing Judas's feet. Judas Iscariot. Iscariot. And he had spoken to, to, to Judas all those words, but Judas was not clean. And so there's more to being clean than what goes on the outside of the body. There's more to being clean than just hanging out with Jesus. There's more to being clean than simply being around Jesus. There's more to being clean than even just being around his presence. Okay. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I'm doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done you, done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. All right, so the message is clear. The disciples in following Jesus, therefore, not were meant to just hear his words, but were meant to do these same actions. What are these actions? It's more than just washing feet, although that's a part of it, and we'll talk about that. It's also the words that he was speaking, and all of it in the posture of how he was doing things. And it's important to note in here that as he was doing these things, he was commissioning them into this lifestyle that he himself set forth as the true human being. True humanity was being revealed at this table of fellowship. The, the table had already been set. So to kind of like set the table a little bit, they had followed Jesus, they, they, had, they had heard the call, and they had set themselves up there at the table with Jesus. And so we're not talking about entrance to the table itself, initially at least anyway. They had all come, including Judas, and they were there, they were clean because of his words, they had followed him, they left everything behind, and that was wonderful. That was, that was how they started their, their relationship with Jesus. And like any of us, you know, when we first come to know Jesus, there's times when he calls, and, and maybe for you, you've given up everything, like Peter and his brother did, Andrew, and they gave up their business with their father. Maybe, you know, you were wealthy like Levi or Matthew was, and you gave up all that to follow Jesus. You know, maybe you were like most of us who, you know, you've made iterative steps to following Jesus, but you've given up friendships, relationships, watching certain things, saying certain things to follow Jesus because that first love within you was so amazing, so intense, you just couldn't get enough of Jesus. You wanted to sit at his feet, you wanted to sit at his table because it's good, because he says, blessed are you when you do these things. And, and that's the life of Jesus, blessed are you when you do these things. But blessed are you when, when you follow him, blessed are you when, when you sit at his table, and it's really, really good. To remain at the table, and this is the clear implication of the scripture, to remain at the table, there needs to be an ongoing washing that is going on. <clears throat> to remain at his table, there needs to be an ongoing washing that's going on, and that happens within the fellowship of those who you have been walking with for a long time. Jesus had been walking with these guys, for fellas, for, for many, many years, you know, for three years, and... and how often were they, they not seeing who he really was? So, you know, uh, it's like this for all of us. We, you know, we're married for a time or we've been in friendship for a, st- for a time, and you get to know somebody as they really are, and you're like, yeah, well, <laughs> it was fun for a little bit there, you know, but you didn't have to be that honest, you know. You didn't, 
you didn't have to show me that, did you? You know, and, and you know, oh, you really blew that. And that was embarrassing for you to be around. Or, or I really blew that, whatever it might be. And we come into that, that place where things, being at the same table with someone is, is not always pleasant. It's not always the best thing that, that's out there. And yet, Jesus, he looks at these same guys. You know, Peter was the one that, you know, had, had so denied him, you know, he was going to deny him, but also said, no, you can't die, Jesus, that Peter looked at Jesus, Peter looked at, uh, sorry, Jesus looked at Peter and said, Satan, get behind me. And, you know, and so these are the guys that over the course of time had, had looked in the face of God, shining fully without anything hidden, and said, nah, I don't want to be a part of you. In, in their own heart, they were trying to make Jesus in their own image. And yet Jesus and his patience and his, his, you know, his, his kindness with them, even though at times he would say like, ooh, how I wish the thing that I had come for was already here burning in you guys. Nonetheless, he was always with them. This is his kindness. This is perfect love revealed to us. He's always there. And now he's getting on his knees to these same ones that had borne the junk of the, the world on their feet. You know, the, 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 they should have at, at this point probably already received the foot washing, but they hadn't. Wherever they had gone, you know, th- these are mainly like country guys, you know, and, 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 you know, you can imagine these country guys, they're going into a city, and maybe they hadn't been in the city before, and they're like, the mud here is unique. And somebody is saying, well, that's not mud. <laughs> you know, and you're like, ugh, you know, and, you know, the, the shoes there are different. They're, they're not always sandals, but they're, they're, they're not covered always fully, and so... The feet are nasty. The feet are gross. And, and Jesus is here bearing with these guys that, he, you know, he, were not fully receiving who he was. Bearing with him to the point where he couldn't, you know, he, you know couldn't at times like contain his frustration. Uh, but here he was washing their feet as a slave, becoming like a slave, like revealing his underclothes to them. And, and that form of humility is so wonderful, so, so disarming, that by the end of it, his disciples are just giving them his feet. We are, uh, I, won't, I won't skip ahead. Whenever we see someone in true humility like this, it, it disarms our defenses. Uh, when we see Jesus like this, he's the king of the world, we see one in whom we can share anything with because he was willing to make himself to the point of a slave. Whenever you know, a powerful person comes in the room or whenever someone who has authority comes in the room, what do most of us do? You know, we, we button ourselves up. We want to look good. Uh, when we really are getting vulnerable with someone, the tendency is to hide. It's, it's from the fall. That's been a normal thing. Whenever we, we recognize that somebody has value that, that we actually don't yet feel like we have in our own life, whenever we see someone who represents that which we don't yet have, we, we, we tend to cover ourselves. We, we hide. We, we don't want to share with them our vulnerabilities. When someone has power over us, you know, whenever there's a boss or whoever it might be, it, it's, it's hard for us to, to want to share who we really are in that place. And so the, 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 the key to vulnerability for all of us is humility. The key for vulnerability is, is service. It, it's becoming like a slave. It's, it's, it's getting willing to, being willing to, to wash the feet of another, especially those who have hurt you. And, and I think that's actually the main point that Jesus is going at, is that these words that I have said to you, they have made you clean. These words that he has said to them will find themselves fully on the cross saying, my God, my God, you know, why have you forsaken me? But forgiving them constantly along the way. And so forgiveness is the message of the cross. Reconciliation is what all of his words were aiming at and going toward. 
I read from you in the opening of John 20, after his resurrection, he comes to his disciples and he speaks to them and said, my peace I leave to you. Whoever you forgive on earth will have been forgiven on earth. Whoever you do not forgive will not have been forgiven. And so the, the, the point he was getting at was, was forgiveness. He was trying to reconcile the whole world to God. That's what he was doing with his power. That's what he was offering with his words. And so the, the key to being able to have authority to forgive in another person's life uh, to actually cleanse them, to, to provide for them the thing that Jesus is providing for us, is to humble ourselves, especially the table of fellowship with those who have hurt us. This is especially true uh, in family. And, and if you guys aren't aware yet, we have been called to a family. We are a family. Each one of us, we are brothers and sisters. We have the same father, we have the same parent, all of it. And our brother, the, the first fruits of all of us, he showed us what it's like to be family. He showed us what it's like to sit down and look at the cross the table and be like, you hurt me, you hurt me, you hurt me. And I know it, you know it. We have this junk that's developed between us on our feet. In order to stay at the table of fellowship, we have to allow ourselves, our feet to be washed. We, we have to allow our feet to be washed. We, we have to present ourselves to one another, and then we have to, to go through that process of doing that. And, and I, I want to be a little bit strong on this because Jesus was strong on this. He, he says specifically, if you don't let me wash your feet, then you can't stay at my table. That, that's, what he's, that's what he literally said. All right. And so if, if you know, you guys know this at home, like we're, we're hanging out and, and some days it's great, you know, we're enjoying one of those fellowship, but there's other days where you walk in the house and you feel like that difference. You're like, Ugh, I don't want to I don't want to have to go home, or I don't want to have to like, have a meal with so-and-so because I know that there's something that's there. I don't want it to put on a face. I don't want it to fake it. I mean, it's just so hard to do that around friends. You know, you go out, and you're out at canteen or whatever, and you're, you're hanging out, and you're enjoying margaritas or whatever else you guys do. And, and, but it's kind of weird because, you know, the last time you were together, that dude or that lady said something stupid, and, and, and it's just not the same now between you because you haven't met him in. You haven't washed one another yet. And in Christ, if you want to stay at that table of fellowship, it, it's, it's, upon, it's been given to you, and blessed are you when you cleanse one another. And, and the way to do that is through honestly being uh, open about the, the junk that has, has, has happened in your life, the junk that's piled up. So, you know, uh, a couple nights ago, uh, I'd watched the first, like, hour or so of, like, the new Batman film, and it came out, and I was checking that out, and... Uh, and then, you know, I, Elizabeth was out, so then I, I came back to bed. And, uh, you know, and, and I felt gross. I, you know, like, everyone's on different scales of this. Like, for me, like, when I watched after, like, a little while, I like watching the Batman films because they kind of help me see where culture and society is. I, I, felt, I felt darkness. You know, I, I felt it's all about lying and, and deceit, and I'm like, ugh, you know. And, but it stuck with me. And, and it stayed with me for, you know, the next day or so, and it was really heavy. And so finally I walked to Elizabeth and I said, hey, you know, we were praying yesterday, and it's like, I, I watched this last night, and, and I just feel icky. Will you just please pray for me? And, you know, in Christ, all things are, are permissible. You know, the, the, the new covenant, all things are permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And so there are certain things we put our mind on or certain things we watch, certain things that we engage in that are just not holy for us. You know, and, and so I, I asked, will you please pray? And as she prayed, she was just washing me with her word, with, with cleansing, with forgiveness, with this, this like, hey, you're made for your purity. And, and it lifted, it, it cleansed off of me. And so a lot of the things that, that we present to one another, like for me, I was a little embarrassed because I felt like I had done something wrong in, in feeling icky like this. So I had to humble myself and ask, will you, will you please wash my feet? 
But, you know, she's also the one that I've hurt so many times over the years. And so, you know, so to come to her and be like, ah, oh, you know, will you, will, you please, will, you, will you please do this? And she has to look at me like, well, you've hurt me. Oh, can I really give you this gift? Is this, is this what I want to do? She has to enter in that place of being like Jesus to me and to serve me in this way. And so I want to highlight this a little bit more. The, the, uh, Jesus said that the, the least in the kingdom, sorry, the, the greatest in the kingdom are the least in this world, that those who are the least in the world are servants, and they're the greatest in my Father's kingdom. The single greatest act of humility on earth was Jesus in all of his nakedness being nailed to the cross. So that act is the greatest act of glory that this world has ever seen. And it was all about forgiveness. So the most powerful thing you have to do here on earth to show yourself as the greatest here on earth is forgiveness. Specifically forgiving those that have hurt you. Specifically those that are hurting you day by day. It's easy to look outside of your family. It's easy to look outside of the church. And we minister and we see powerful things. It's wonderful. Signs and wonders, miracles. We want that. If we're not getting it here, then we're missing the greatest power on earth. And so, uh, as Elizabeth was, was washing me yesterday through, through praying over me, it, it formed this fellowship between us. And, and it's like, you know, the, the, the presence of the Lord comes, and, and I can see clearly, and I can see her clearly, and there's just like this awareness that, hey, we've got eternal life together. It's going to be amazing. We've got 10,000 and 100,000 years together, you know, of bliss with nothing hidden. It's going to be amazing. And, and we catch little glimpses of it when we, when we sit at the table like this with one another. And as believers, as family members of God, we, we, it's on us to become self-aware and ask God to help us become self-aware of like the, the stuff that accumulates over our feet. And the, the feet are representative of where we've come from. Uh, you know, yesterday and, and 10 years from now, or 10 years ago and, and, and 15 years ago, of how these things continuously like, like come up on our feet. Hey, we're already cleansed by the word that Jesus has spoken over us. We're different than Judas because we come to Jesus and say, hey, I blew that. Will you please forgive me? We're like Peter. The word to prune and the word to clean are the same word, and they also have two different meanings. One is to cut off forever thrown into the fire. That's Judas, because he didn't come to Jesus. The other word, it's the same word. It means to lift up and to let the fruit come out. That's Peter. He was lifted up at that time. How do you know which one it is? How, which one are you going to respond to? That the choice is yours. He offers both. He, he's laying out before you. You can have fellowship with me eternally, or you can be thrown into the fire. I will lift you up if you come to me. If not, then, then you have no fellowship with me. I want to have fellowship with Jesus because it's fullness of joy. He, you will be blessed if you do these things. And so our call as, as believers is to, is to look at that gift and simply to receive it. Uh, to know that it's there, and to, to wash our, ourselves. And so if we find that we've got grime, I didn't mean that to be a rhyme, <laughs> then, then we can go to one another and, and we can ask. You know, I've got several friends who I've made over the years that at any point I can call and be like, hey, you know, today has been a bad day. Will you just pray for me for a moment? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, sure. And they wash and they cleanse. And this happens, this happens often. I also pray to Jesus, obviously. But there are certain things that I can't even see well, and I'm just having a hard time getting past. And so we just we, we submit, hey, listen, will you help me with this? I'm, I'm having a day of weakness. There's stuff that's, that's, that's accumulated under my feet, and, and that's part of it. There's also times when, uh, when we don't see the feet, 
you know, because, you know, we're, we're just looking up all the time, and we don't, we don't know that, that our feet are dirty, but we've tracked it in, you know, we, we've got little daughters that run around, and, and, uh, and, and sometimes they forget to, to wash their feet. By the way, as an aside, this is going to make me laugh. Uh, when I was a teenager growing up, uh, I, we, I lived in uh, Germantown, Tennessee, outside of Memphis, and, uh, and so we would have cross-country and track practice. I was a, you know, athlete in those days. And uh, we'd run in the summertime. It'd be August, uh, 95, 98 degrees hot, 100% degree, humidity. It's about 110, 112 uh, degree heat index. And we'd run in that, you know, 5, 10, 15 miles. And so it was one of my, like, pride and joy to get into the car after a run and take off my shoes <laughs> and just let my dad <laughs> bask in my, my body's ability <laughs> to stink, you know? You know, when you're that age, you're getting to know your body a little bit, and it's fun to just to, like, look what I can do kind of thing. <clears throat> and then you'd go into the house, and, and, uh, and you'd track that in, and you, then my mom would get in, and she's like, you know, she didn't think it was funny. Dad would be like, oh, that's terrible, you know, like, you know, close the window, or whatever, whatever. Mom would be like, get those things cleaned up now, you know, and <clears throat> so... So we track things in at times, and we notice that. And, and we track things in from our past. We track things in our relationship. And we say, hey, like, there's some stuff that you brought in here at the table. And I want to continue to have this fellowship of joy with you. And, you know, in order for us to have an unbroken fellowship, we need to talk about this. In our culture here at the gate, we talk about being powerful. And what that means is looking inwardly and, and, and owning the, the good and the bad, bringing it to Jesus Getting him always, always, always to approve that, that he loves us. To always delight in us. That, that he's never going to reject us when we come to him. And, uh, and get his perspective on it. But then also make sure that we are carrying that to the person that either we've heard or, or vice versa. And when I first came on staff here, uh, there would be people that would come and they would have various complaints and that kind of stuff. And, and uh and, and I would say, you know, well, let's, let's talk about this. This is coming from your past. So you want to pray about this. And by the way, how are you going to address this with so-and-so? And after a while, people just stop bringing me in the complaints. <clears throat> Which, you know, hey, that's fine. <clears throat> um, and so we, we, we are called to be powerful in the sense that nothing can separate us from God. And so we have fullness of grace inside of us. We can be as, as humble. We can be as as lowly as the lowliest on earth at all times, and yet be, be strong and, and, and powerful in God because of his grace. And so therefore, shine a light on anything and never be ashamed of it. And be like, hey, I see this, I blew it. Hey, help me, help me, help me with this. Or, or receive it you know, from another. And be like, hey, I, I don't see what you're seeing. That junk on my, my, my feet, I don't see it as junk. But I could be wrong. You know? Help me, help me to, to know what it is, and, and let's just pray and go to the present before him. That's part of our call. Um, this is, <clears throat> without going too much into it, this is an answer to uh, the Matthew 22 parable. And if you guys are familiar with this, this is where I was going to go back just briefly. Jesus talks about the, the parable of the great feast, and he told this parable and others. He said, the kingdom of heaven, so this is the kingdom of our God, um, can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a guest wedding feast for his son. So king and son, this is you know, God and, and Jesus. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited. But they all refused to come. And so he sent other servants to tell them, the feast has been prepared. The bulls and the fattened cattle have all been killed, and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. 
But the guests had been invited and they ignored them and they went their own way, one to his own farm, another to his business. Others seized, seized his messengers and insulted them and even killed them. And so the king was furious. So again, this is God. He, he sends his, his, his servants, he sends his good news, he sends his message of his innocent, pure love and wants to have joy, wants to have fellowship, wants to have it with us. And so many have refused. And so he gets, he gets angry. You know, and this is God. He gets angry at times when this happens. And he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready. And the guests I've invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. And so this is, again, Jesus speaking. Whenever you hear Jesus speaking or read it, look on the face of God. Look on the face of the forgiving one. Look on the face of the gentle one. Look on the face of the meek one. That, this is, through his words, this is what you'll find is true love and true goodness. Whenever I'm encountering passages where my, my flesh initially doesn't like it, or I, don't know, I might not like what he's saying like this, because there's clear implications here, and like we just saw in, in John 13, of, of forever departure from God, of, of things like hell. And, and I don't like those topics, and I, I haven't over the years, and I've discovered that there's like three main reasons in my own heart where I haven't liked that. One is because I don't want to see those who I have who loved not be with me in heaven. I don't want to see them perish in, in hell. Uh, two, there's a part of me that likes the world, that, that I have had to reconcile and say, you know what, there's a part of me that actually still wants friendship with the world, and I have to, I have to become pure because I don't want to be attached to that. You know, those are things that I've had to, to come into grips with. Uh, and, and the third uh, is simply because, in, in some ways, like, I, I like to be the judge. I think I know what's best. And so either, either Jesus is the judge, and this is right, or we are the judges in telling him he's wrong when it comes to passages like this. But the guests that he invited ignored them, and they went out. All right, so the king was furious, and then the wedding feast is ready, he said, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners. And so they brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. All right, now this is a big question for me that I've had over the years. But when the king came in to meet the guests, so they're at the feast with the son, he noticed a man who was not wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. And he said, friend. So he approaches him, friend, I'm with you. Friend, what's going on here? How is it that you are here without your wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. And then the king said to his aides, Bind his hands and feet and throw him into the, into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called at the table of the disciples, there amongst the twelve, at the Last Supper. The, the wedding feast is, is there in part. Now, there's, there's more, obviously, that's going to be coming later on. Jesus is there, and, and they're, they're enjoying him. But there's one that hasn't made himself ready. There, there's one in Judas who has not submitted, there's not humbled himself to be with Jesus, who hasn't given himself over, who hasn't surrendered him to him. So Jesus tells us in Philippians 2, he, he took on the form of a slave, even to the point of death, not believing that equality with God was something to be grasped. All right, all of us here, we want joy. All of us want love. All of us want peace. You can't grasp it. You can't fight for it. You can't grab a hold of it. You've probably tried at times in relationships. We all have. You try to control, you try to manipulate. That's not who God is. We just sing about it. God's not one who manipulates. He's safe. But we've all tried in our own ways to make sure that we can get love, get joy, get peace. And he said, this is not the way of my kingdom. 
I became like a slave. I gave up the ability to grasp that. And then I was filled with it. We turn to the Father. We surrender all our ways of what we think it should look like. And we receive from him love, joy, peace, all these things. It's the best news ever because it's free. You don't have to expend energy on it. You don't have to control it. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to punch people for it. You don't have to strive. You don't have to fast. You don't have to do anything for it. It's, it's just simply there. All you have to do is yield. Judas did not yield. Judas, he refused to come to Jesus. I mean, how painful was it for Peter to come to Jesus? You know, he, he had to acknowledge, like, my, my Savior, my, my God, like, the one who's my best friend, I, I denied you. You know, it was even hard for him to acknowledge Jesus coming back. You know, he did. He's like, you know, of course I love you, but, but not that much. I got, you know, you know now. And Peter was, was himself, uh, you know, humbled, but he was yielding. And so the, the wedding banquet closed. This is the, for, for a long time in my, my faith, I didn't know what that meant. And I was kind of scared, like, I'm going to miss this. The wedding clothes are, are receiving from the Lord his forgiveness, Re- receiving his uh, you know, his compassion again, receiving his love, receiving the nature of Jesus, receiving his righteousness, receiving Jesus. That's it. Just put on Jesus. That's all you have to do to stay at the banquet and to stay at the table with one another. We continue to do that by serving one another and by speaking his words of forgiveness to one another. And so along, you know, a lot of translators and a lot of preachers, they'll talk about this passage from John 13 and they'll say things like, and which, is, which is right in part, Jesus is telling us that we have to serve one another. And they'll leave it at that. And, and that's great. That's absolutely right. We, we are called to serve one another. It's more than that. We are called to, in, in doing life with one another, let ourselves be injured like Jesus and, 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 and realize that we injure others, not like Jesus. We are to forgive those. We are, we are to speak his words. We are to do his actions because you cannot be with Jesus And this is what the text is saying. You cannot simply be with Jesus and not do the things of Jesus. Faith without works is dead. We're saved by faith, but faith looks like something. Faith will look like praying for someone. It'll look like that the best thing you can do with your faith is forgive. That's the greatest honor here on earth is to forgive. That unlocks the kingdom. That unlocks everything that's out there with that. And so to me, like this, uh, I know it's a little heavy of a message, Um, this is also the, the, the floor. This is the ground. This is how we can experience pure joy because once these issues are settled in our own life, we have nowhere to go but, but, but down and up. As Heidi Baker would say, you know, uh, less of me, more of you, uh, you know, less here, more here. I mean, we, we, are, we are continuously humbling ourselves and looking for ways to become humble, looking for ways to take, out our, take off our outer garments, looking for ways to serve one another. And so... Uh, you know how when, uh, when someone hurts you, the last thing that you want to do is, is have a conversation with them? That pain that you feel, that's good. <laughs> Praise God, right? <laughs> you know, uh, we were working out, Elizabeth and I were working out yesterday, and, and this crazy guy who's got just like these massive like, thighs just because he's been just crushing it with his, his squats for years. Uh, <laughs> He was like, I love, love, I love workouts. You know, I love the little legs. You know, when it's burned, that's when you know it's good. And, and I'm like, man, you know, you go, dude. But, but there's something in it. He's right. In that burn, that's where the building is happening. So in, in the feeling of like, I'm being humbled, in the burn, and it happens with our family more than any place else. If it's not working at home, it's not working anywhere else, if I could say it gently. 
this is why one of the things I've loved about John's leadership is he's not, and like when Chad was here, we're not sacrificing family on the altar of ministry. You know, we, 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 are going, we are going to love our family. It's actually easier to do ministry than it is to hang out with family. You know, because people see you the way that they want to see you. And, and you know, and, and, you know they, they, they see you as somebody, uh, some kind of projection. But it's, it's in the context of, of taking your clothes off in the best sense with your family, <laughs> your outer garments, that you get to know one another and you see one another as you really are. All right, so in that place, um, the humble king of true power reveals who you really are. Dirt and all. It's been there all along. Once it's cleansed, you are truly free. Until you reveal it, it can't be. And so if you're spending all your time away from those who you're not getting to know, then you got junk on your life, and you're missing it. Does that make sense? Does that give you guys encouragement, hope? Okay. All right, let's, let's pray. <clears throat> Father, uh, you know, it, so much of what I was trying to say today was, was wrapped up in vulnerability, uh, how it's in Jesus, and, and that's how you're calling us to be with one another. Let your words now fulfill that. Let your power, let your grace now fulfill that in all of us. Father, you tell us that if we forgive others, we will be forgiven. If we do not forgive others, we will not be forgiven, and they will not be forgiven. And those are hard words, Lord. And so right now I ask for your grace to make that just part of our nature so, so it comes and flows easy. And so, Father, I, I ask right now that you bring up in this room right now Bring up in the hearts and minds of those that are in this room right now, uh, those that first, they need to forgive. So Holy Spirit, search our hearts, and, and should there be any people, any persons or people that we need to forgive, bring them up into our heart and mind right now, Lord. <clears throat> bring them up, Lord, even if it was a long time ago, even if it was like a school teacher. Bring up that school teacher who embarrassed us and was too strict and too stern. Bring, bring them up, God, whoever that is. And Father, in the same way that your son Jesus took on our sin, in the same way that he took on uh, all of it, that, that he, was, he was hurt by us um, and forgave, we extend forgiveness to those people and the person right now in the name of Jesus Christ. So Jesus, Lord, all the pain, all, all the sin in, in that person, now we, we place them all on you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I, I ask by an act of your power that even when there's just small faith right now, that you would take it now and you would remove the, the hurt, you would remove the sorrow, you would remove the, the shame of it, you would remove just having to see the grossness of sin. You'd place that all upon Jesus right now. Lord, lift that up out of everyone. And Holy Spirit, as we forgive those people, I ask that you would wash and cleanse our heart from that sin and from that pain. 
Father, also, I ask that you would now bring up in our minds and in our hearts anything that we've done that has hurt you or others, anything at all, Lord. And I ask that you would forgive us. In the name of Jesus, wash us and cleanse us. Remove the consequences of it, Lord. I ask that's a bold prayer, Lord, but I ask that you remove the consequences of it. Lord, if it's things that we've done that affect us physically, I ask that you restore our, our, our bodies, restore our brains, our hearts, restore our entire body, God, right now. And, and Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm asking that you do, you do even more than that. You know, sometimes our, our own sins cause such stress upon us that, you know, we, we go into adrenal fatigue. We, and we have inflammation. Lord, I, I ask that you would now remove and heal our bodies from the inside out as we, as we receive forgiveness afresh, that you're delighted to have fellowship with us. That, that it's, a, it's a hard thing. It's a, you know, it's a black and white thing, God, to have fellowship with you, um, to, to start out with and to keep that. But once we do, Lord, once we yield... It's forever, and it's amazing, and it's ongoing. And so, Lord, refresh us in this ongoing table fellowship with us. Refresh it, Lord, again. Father, where we've become, oh, uh, complacent, where we've become familiar, where we're just kind of going through the motions, cleanse and wash that, God. That, that is 100% of the time because we're not just receiving from you. And a lot of us, Lord, we've pursued you in ministry. We've pursued you trying to, like, do good things, but forgotten just to receive from you, forgotten, Lord, that you are our first love, forgotten to receive the, the love and joy that's in Jesus. And so, Lord, we, we ask that you would now remove and cleanse us of that. Jesus, you said, do not rejoice that the demons know your name or uh, obey your name, but instead uh, rejoice that your names are in the book of life. And so, Lord, let our joy come from simply doing what, you know, you're calling us to do and to receive that eternal life afresh. Restore first love right now in this room. Father, that's it. Thank you. Thank you for that power made perfect through the weakness of our King. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, friends, I, I love you. Um, we've got some praying people that are available, if you'd like. And uh, so if you guys wouldn't mind standing up, we'll do a release. Anything on y'all's heart? If I could ask the prayer team to come forward right now. Thank you, guys. So the, uh, the prayer team, uh, they are gifted and powered by the Holy Spirit. They are able to understand mysteries at times. Uh, they have the gift of discerning spirits. They have the gift of knowledge, the gift of prophecy. They have the gift of wisdom. These people, as you pray with them, they will hear the Lord for you and with you. So sometimes we, we forget the voice of Jesus as he forgives us. is always tender, always empowering. And so sometimes it's just good to have someone pray over you and hear back, you're delighted in, you are forgiven, and here's a word for you. So please, if you wanted to do that, come forward.
Don't forget, uh, next weekend we have our family picnic where you guys can see lots of mud on shoes and feet and, uh, and enjoy a, an object lesson that just rings home to this weekend and, and remember it. Uh, but enjoy it all. We, guys, we love you so very much and enjoy this week. Amen. You've been listening to the Gate Charlotte's podcast. Consider subscribing so you don't miss a message or sending this to someone who might need encouragement today. Thanks for joining us.